My mind is a house with walls covered in pain. See, my problem is I don't fix things. I just try to repaint. Cover them up like it never happened. Say, I wish I could change. Are you confused? Come upstairs and I'll show you what I mean. This room full of regrets, it just keeps getting fuller, it seems. The moment I walk into, it's the same moment that I want to leave. I get sick to my stomach every time I look at these things. But it's hard to look past when this is the room where I sleep. That's so good! What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Life Unfiltered with Felicia and Josh. Today we're gonna kind of make it a variety episode, but Felicia, you have some stuff for me in a new segment we're calling Hot Takes. Yeah, I'm super excited to hear your thoughts, and we have some really hot takes, so. Okay, well, let, let's let's start with one. Yeah. Okay. When God closes a door, he opens a window. True or false? I'm going to say false. Oh. Yeah. That is a hot take. It is a hot take, because sometimes I think he, like, closes the door and wants us to sit, like, in front of the door. Interesting to like grow yeah so it's not it's not that god abandons you it's just that he might be like hey you need to chill and you need to like sit in this for a little bit and then i might open a door yeah but it's not guaranteed it might be a hey just do everything else you have going on this door isn't gonna be this door is gonna be shut and i'm not gonna give another opportunity to make that happen interesting yeah i would say it's true i really like what you said about sitting in it i think that's super important yes i would say i still think the statement is true when god closes a door he opens a window it just i think it might not look like what we think it will look like yes i i yeah yeah but there's like this element of i hope that he opens a window but it's not guaranteed right yeah that's so true and so i feel like it's a case-by-case basis and it's all about perspective that too and it's also are you doing something you shouldn't be that's fair so very fair yep all right hot take number two (laughs) god helps those who help themselves horseshit well that was fast horseshit uh (laughs) say more words that god helps those despite people being able to help or not help themselves Mm -hmm. like granted yes do we play a part yes i'm fully a believer in that i have said that since junior high high school because people are like oh i'll just like wait for god to make it happen and i'm like hey don't you have like a horse in this game like yeah. you need to be doing something you need to be proactive but i don't think god makes his help conditional yeah and that's what that is that's really good yeah because god helps those who helps themselves is conditional on you doing the work and then god will just you know help if he wants to yeah and that's not how god works 
That's so true because yeah. that's such a conditional way of thinking. And like you said, that's not how God works at all. Yeah. we That's a learned behavior, right? Mm-hmm. When you start thinking that way. That's a, oh, my family was conditional, so God's conditional. My job's conditional, so God's conditional. Right. My church is conditional, so God's conditional. It's not how it works. Yeah, we think it's a reflection of whatever's going on in our mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's really good. I know. What can I say? Oh, uh, stop. <laughs> I can't ever compliment you. <laughs> you can. I just, you know. I will take I, it way too far. Uh, Yes, because I'm amazing at hot takes. So Okay. Okay. <laughs> Next hot take. God never gives you more than you can handle. True or false? So we were talking about this one yeah, before we, we started recording. And should we give people reference to the Bible verse? Sure, sure. Throw out the throw out the verse that we kind of reference in here. Yeah. So the reason why this is a hot take is because there's a Bible verse that says in First Corinthians ten thirteen, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So here, here's my thoughts, right? I get what's being communicated here. Mm-hmm. But especially when you're dealing with people who struggle in addiction, mm. the whole thing is like you're powerless to your addiction. Yeah. If you could change it, then you would. But you can't because you're addicted. Right. So... You need people to help you change. Mm-hmm. So, not being tempted more than you can bear, I don't exactly agree with that because I feel as if that isn't realistic because all the clients I help need somebody to pull them out of their mess. Yeah. And very few have been like, Oh yeah, like I'm I'm the one who needs to get treatment. There wasn't anybody else involved. Mm-hmm. And so I think that while I understand like God won't tempt you more than you can bear, give you any more than you can bear, yada yada. I think that yes, there are caveats with that and more than you are you um is the you in there saying, like, you and, like, the Holy Spirit? Or are you talking, like, you and yourself? Oh. Because if you're with the Holy Spirit, then, yeah, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's two, and so they, he helps you, whatever. But if it's just yourself, then my whole thing is you're powerless to the things in your life without intervention happening and i don't mean the traditional like gather the family and go Mm -hmm. after the person i mean like therapeutic intervention right and so having something in place to combat the mess happening so nice yeah hot takes people are not going to be a fan of any of these i feel like hot (laughs) takes yeah i i man i think um Beyond what you can bear. Yeah, because think about it. With mental health, let let's make it really practical, right? Yeah. Let's take the let's take the two that most people out there seem to struggle with: depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
If I was able to not be anxious by myself, I would not need meds. I would not need coping skills. Mm -hmm. I would not need Jesus. I would not need Jesus. And what I what I mean by like the coping skills is the coping skills are learned, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times learned through a therapist interaction. So it's another person helping you. So, yes, you're the exhibitor of those coping skills, but you didn't do it alone. Right. And if Jesus is who he says he is, then I agree with you. Yeah, you need, like, Jesus is going to be in there with you. That's why I'm saying, like, is the you singular or is it plural? Mm -hmm. That's really good. Hot takes. (laughs) 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 All right, another one is women in ministry and leadership can that be a thing yes fully endorse i don't remember the christianese type of thing but i'm fully okay with women in leadership i welcome it i think it should be a thing mm-hmm. i think you see from jesus that he was very intentional with women and elevated them above some men in that era and so i think it's one of those things where we get so wrapped up in the oh well he commissioned men and this and they did this but if you look at the bible like you see strong leaders in the early church and acts Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. you see that with judges in the old testament judges women a woman killed a warrior like in her tent Mm -hmm. in judges okay woman yes cool there's just so many things in there that i believe that women should be in church leadership i believe that it should be a thing women pastors welcome it that's a hot take because i i don't see it being a Oh, well, women need to be endorsed by the man and she must teach under his watch or preaching or he must be on stage and all that. That's a really demeaning way of thinking in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I want to empower the women out there who feel like they've been called to ministry and beyond just oh i'm gonna be the kids director that's fine yeah kids pastor that's fine but i think you could be executive you could be senior pastor type of deal like totally fine with that and preach absolutely cool yeah where we grew up at least where i grew up that was not a thing oh it wasn't for me either yeah women can't preach or they can't be pastors yeah And so that has been really hard. I've struggled a lot with, is that true or false? Is that biblical or not? Where does that come from? And to be honest, I still wrestle with that to this Mm -hmm. day. I'm not quite sure what my hot take is on it. But I do know, like you were saying, there's powerful women from the Bible. And I'm just going to list a few. Deborah Mm -hmm. was the only female judge in the history of Christianity. Yep. Queen Esther, she she was a queen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> yeah. Bless oh, up, geez. come on. 
Lydia was a successful businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Phoebe was a helper and deaconess. I mean, there yep. are a lot of women that Jesus elevated. Yeah. To powerful positions. Yes, correct. So you, they definitely, women definitely have a place. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing that people push back on is, oh, well, it's not pastors. Women have a place and that's in the deaconess role or the trustee or some or whatever, however they're going to say it. But I think it goes above and beyond. And also, I think if you're not, if you don't have women in the church in places of power, you're missing out on a really great opportunity to cultivate fresh thinking as well as cultivate half of your attendance base. So Yeah, I would absolutely say women should be at the table. If they're not at the table, you're doing something wrong. Hot take. Yes. All right, we got one more hot take for today. Okay. True or false? Mm. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Well, based on my previous comments, I would say false, but true. <laughs> We're going to dip our toes in both. Yeah, exactly. So I don't like using that terminology. Yeah. I hate that terminology. It's so... I understand. It's very cliche. It's very cliched, but it's very like demeaning when you're just boiling everything somebody's struggling down to sin. Mm -hmm. Because in my experience, it's never that cut and dry. So yes, hate the sin, love the sinner. Okay, cool. Let's make it practical. So you don't have to love what somebody is doing, but you should still support them. I'll put it this way. I'm not for some things, right? I wasn't for my friend getting high all the time and just bagging any any person they could. But while they knew where I stood and I made that clear, I still chose to care for them and support them because they're going through stuff too. I have to understand that, you know, that's hate the sin, love the sinner. Well, okay. You don't have to like the things people do, but you still should support them. And that's honestly what we all need in my mind. That's what I need when I'm like messing up and everything. People don't have to like what I'm doing, but at least support me as a person. And so that's where I would put it. And so that's what that's the true part of it, right? And the false is just, you know, there's an element of... I guess there is no false. I, I think it's true. I think it's just a wording choice that I have a problem with. That, yeah, feels a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. I'm in community health. So, like, I... You're in community what? Health. Oh, health. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said elf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a community elf. I'm singing <laughs> in a store. I'm singing. Elf. Yes. Um, No, I've... I'm in community health, and so my view is just very different. I'm hopefully going to be going to private practice, and that's going to be very different too. And, you know, I'm getting a master's degree from TEDS, and I have people come up to me all the time and be like, oh, you're going to, like, you know, talk about sin and be a biblical counselor. And I'm like, no. No, I'm not. Not me. I'm going to be an integrative counselor where, you know, 
some of the things can be explained by science, some by God, they complement each other, all of that, which some people have a problem with because they're like, but biblical counseling. And I'm like, okay, but no. once you get to biblical counseling, it's very easy to get to neuthetic counseling, which neuthetic counseling is where you beat somebody in the face with the Bible, tell them to pray more, tell them to read the Bible more and tell them to stop sinning and then act like it's therapy. I always want to know the science behind what's going on in my brain. I so appreciate my current counselor who is very biblically based, but also Mm -hmm. explains the science to me of what's going on. And I feel like I have more of an understanding and a grasp on what I'm actually going through. Yes. And it helps you realize not all of this, I would say not all of this is your fault. Most of it's not your fault. Correct. In terms, there can be things that you're dealing with. There can be sin that you're yeah. struggling with that requires some biblical counseling. Mm-hmm. And then there can be most of it, I would say, is biological. Yeah. Like, just because you have depression doesn't mean you're a bad person and doesn't mean that you did something that God is punishing you for. Exactly. No. It's the fact that since our brains are let me let me back up and say it this way since we are fallen from the grace at the beginning Mm -hmm. our brain just is fallible and so our brain sometimes naturally just doesn't produce enough Mm -hmm. natural chemicals and you know same with anxiety like it's just because you don't know how to cope with the anxiety and there's this biological element to it as well is your hippocampus starts going danger, 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 and you're like, <gasps> can't breathe. Exactly, and some people feel that way, and so you know it's one of these things that we have to be aware that it's not a punishment, and it wasn't asked for, and it wasn't given out of something that you may or may not have done that was bad. It is not meant to harm you. No, it does. Right. Because that's the reality of our brain chemical levels being off. And a broken world. And that. And so it can harm you, yes. But, you know, I, I'm tired of people just being like, oh, Christian counseling is the only way. Biblical counseling is the only way. And I'm like, dude, I got news for you. It's a very close-minded way of thinking. Because God created science. And so if you're not using both... You're doing a disservice in my mind. That's really good. Yeah. And it's a hot take. So, but, you know, the hot takes are just one thing, right? And we can keep talking hot takes. I mean, I have a ton. (laughs) But I think we should transition into something that, you know, I kind of have some hot takes on, but is more relatable and applicable, and that's grief. And so, yeah, so we initially were going to do a different thing today and totally different. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And but in light of recent events that happened with TIU, it's important that we talk about grief. Can you for people who don't know, what is TIU? TIU is Trinity International University. The state of everything is that. They have chosen to go fully online with their undergrad programs. So the undergrad is still staying around, 
where they're going fully online as a way of evolving before the higher ed decline in 2026 and 2027. So low context for people, 2008, the birth rate started to drop. Because of that, you will have less and less people attending college. It's going to hit every major higher ed university. The hardest ones that are going to be hit are small Christian schools. Plus the fact that you already have Grand Canyon and Liberty that take like 100,000 students each. So that's on top of everything. But so the way I understand it is that TIU decided to head it off before it did some real damage. And they're not going to have undergrad students on campus anymore, with the exception of this five-year MDiv program that they have, because TEDS is still going to be on campus, but they'll probably have to step into other avenues of like teaching as well. But so because of that, there's a lot of grief going around, mm-hmm. because us as alums, like I literally was just angry and I was in shock and I was just super sad and I've been depressed and this is just came out at the time of this recording this just came out this past Friday Mm -hmm. and so it's important to talk about grief because that's what our community is going through at the moment and that's what I'm going through at the moment so selfishly I want to talk about grief but not selfishly um, at the same time it is hard, right? Grief is never cut and dry, and people grieve in different ways. Some people go numb, some people sob, some people get angry, some people run away, check out. It all it all depends. There's not a right way to grieve with the caveat of not dealing with the grief. So you can grieve however you want as long as you're grieving in actuality. Like you're actually dealing with the grief. Dealing with it. Yeah. You're dealing with the grief. So that and that's what I learned in one of my seminars was grief looks really different for different people. And so I got to hear a bunch of stories and be like, Oh, that is absolutely horrendous. How did you deal with that? And I got to hear a bunch of different perspectives and thoughts on it. And also just the reality that uh, it's never cut and dry. And there's actually this new thing in the DSM 5TR, I think it is. What the heck is that? Uh, It's the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, uh, which, or the Diagnostic Statistical Manual which is used for clinicians. Okay. And so the way that people diagnose is from that manual, and then you have the insurance and all this stuff. They came out with a revision, which included complicated grief or something to the effect of that. And so now you can actually be diagnosed with like complex grief or, or prolonged grief. I forget which one it is. Interesting. Yeah, because if you're grieving for like two years, right? That affects everything. That aff- Yeah. Like there's people who deal with grief by not being able to get out of bed in the morning. They just can't. They're too weak. How would you say that's different 
from depression? Um, depression is generally non-causal. Depression is generally a biological manifestation. It's not necessarily circumstantial. It's not necessarily circumstantial. Yeah. And grief is very circumstantial. Mm -hmm. Now, there's exceptions, right? There's going to be exceptions. But in general, that's how it goes. So grief is going to be circumstantial. So if you just had somebody pass away and you are sad, you're depressed, you're angry, you're like, there's a cause for that. And that's the grief, and that's the triggering event, uh, as you'd say in in the counseling world, that caused the grief to show up. And so when you, after a certain point, you know, the grieving process is long, when you get to a certain point, I can't remember the specifications, that's when it becomes this other thing that you can, like, diagnose for, technically. It sounds more like a snowball effect, too with grief where it just gets worse and worse and worse yeah yeah say say more well with depression it seems like it's just a straight line of feeling horrible whereas with grief and i don't even know if i agree with the statement i'm about to make okay (laughs) (laughs) grief feels more like a snowball effect where Mm -hmm. The longer you grieve, if you're not able to get out of it, mm-hmm. it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Yeah, there's a difference between grieving and needing to sit in it for a little bit in order to experience healing. Mm-hmm. And there's a the other option is grieving and being a victim in it and not doing things in order to grow and get better so uh, so to speak and by that i mean to deal with the grief to put things in place where you have support and you have a contingency plan if you go into like grief mode and you're like okay well i'm gonna call this person and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do this for breathing and all this stuff and so yeah like there's and so there's that two-way two-way street right how would you say with everything going on with TIU mm-hmm. and the news of the school, mm-hmm. how would you say you're specifically grieving right now? What does that look like for you? Yeah, and that's the hard part, right? <laughs> is because my grief is very... We're still in the beginning stages. So, like, my grief... You literally I'm, I'm, just I'm, found out. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad. I'm still kind of in shock. My grief is... Has... Bits and pieces of anger. Like, I I was texting with a few people, and I was like, I really just want to be petty and do this, this, and this, and this. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, don't be that person. And I was like, yeah, but I really want to. And they're like, don't we all? Yeah. So there's that as well. And I'm just sad. I'm sad. I'm confused. That's a part of grief. Why did this happen? It, 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 it's something I don't understand yet. I'm like hopeful, but what are you hopeful about? I'm hopeful that things will get better and there will be more avenues to reach people and we'll have a really 
great like transitional period and the community will still live on, which is very hard in a online platform type of way. But there should be some sort of interaction you can have with people, whether that be like weekly video chat or like kind of this virtual community center. Like I don't I don't know what it's gonna look like in the next few days or next few days, next few years. <laughs> Uh, see, I don't even know what year it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, day by day. That's exactly. how we're taking it. Exactly. But so, yeah, so I'm hopeful with that and that they'll be able to produce more options for students. I think that will be the thing I hinge on. Because they're, you know, they're going from residential to fully online so and shutting down all those buildings so that means you don't have athletics so that's gone i have no idea the numbers on this but i i venture to guess that's probably about 20 million in your budget that you wow have had to operate off of i'm i'm guessing then you have the student life area and so that encompasses housing and so for every student that comes here you have to pay to house the student and you have to pay to keep the electricity on and you have to pay for water and you have to pay for all this stuff you know it probably could be in the neighborhood of like 10 to 20 grand a student I guarantee you that our room and board is not 10 or 20 grand. So there's that. You have all these salaries, right? So if you go fully online, then you're looking at salaries for a different type of avenue. Mm -hmm. So what do you pay people? So there's just so many things that are changing. And within that, the environment has to change and you have to have people who are bought in and there's going to be a long grieving process and you're probably going to alienate some alums. Definitely. I guarantee it. I already see it on Facebook and Instagram. People are absolutely tweaking <laughs> and rightly so. I mean, this shocked everybody. The, the difference is right. Is the news came out on Friday I knew half hour before the big release. I mean, what do you do with that? What advice would you give to somebody who receives shocking news specifically? Because that's a different kind of grief. Yeah. If you know, say somebody has a diagnosis and you've known for mm -hmm. a while that it's coming on. Mm -hmm. Or you know that this is going to be a lifelong struggle or health condition that somebody has. That's a different kind of grief than somebody dies in a car accident mm -hmm. out of nowhere. Yeah. So if somebody has received shocking news recently, maybe they lost a job. Yeah. Maybe their best friend it no longer wants to be their best friend all of a sudden. Yeah. What, do you, what advice would you give? This is where I went, right? I went directly to my community. That's good. I literally, because I've been through different grief type of things. Actually, 
uh, I'll answer this question, but I'll give it in a kind of side tangent here. So when me and my girlfriend first started dating, within a month of us starting a date, my grandpa passed mm. suddenly, like super sudden, went out for a bike ride right over. And it rocked our family, like rocked. He was just, he was great. He was one of those people who just kept family going and together and was very intentional. When I got diagnosed with Crohn's, he was one of the people who checked on me consistently. I was like, hey, how are things going? Like, we, we care about you. We want to make sure you're doing well, all this stuff. And so when that happened, when he passed, we had the funeral. Well, the girlfriend came down and just sat with me. And ultimately, I ended up just like sobbing because my uncle, who's very much keeps it all together all the time, he just broke and I've never seen that from him. That's hard. Yeah. And so that made me just absolutely sob. And so I get, they ask for people to like share stories. So I'm up there. I'm sharing a story. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> Can't and hear I'm, through my tears. Yeah, literally. And, and it, what makes it worse is my aunt literally as I'm going up, she just like is whispering, oh shit, oh shit. Oh shit. Oh, because she's like, oh, what is he going to say? Like kind of thing. And that's just my family. Right. But it, it was one of those things where I was like, this is hard enough. Now I, now she's like in tears and my mom's crying and like all this stuff. But the thing that was consistent in that time, community, the thing that was there for me in that moment, the girlfriend. So what I go to, I went to the girlfriend and I was like, we were supposed to celebrate Valentine's Day on Friday. Recent? You mean recently? Yes. Yeah. Like the Friday we found out, we were mm -hmm. supposed to celebrate Valentine's Day because we couldn't that Tuesday because we had stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I was like super vulnerable and was like, babe, listen, I know we were going to celebrate. Here's the, what's going on. Honestly, I just need you to sit, hold me, cuddle. We can still do a dinner thing, but let's have it low key and what let's watch Psych so I can laugh a little bit. Good. <laughs> yeah, right? Need laughter. Exactly. And so th I'm a big believer now in community is everything. Is because I couldn't have made it in a emotionally healthy way without connecting with the girlfriend, connecting with friends that I know have a connection to TIU or like are some of my really close friends and so that's what I'd say to people is through all that community was huge and that's what you should go after is connecting with the people around you and being vulnerable and being honest and I realize showing emotion takes a large amount of vulnerability for some but that's a gift to people like my, my emotions, my expression of emotions is a gift to people. So it is one of those things that also makes me feel seen, makes me feel heard, makes me feel understood. And those are some of my core needs. And so through all this grief, I would say, what are your core needs? What do you need in this moment? What can the people around you give you? Help you 
in? Do you need somebody to just sit there and hold your hand? Do you need somebody to take you out and play pool and just grab a drink and, and have fun? Do you, do you need somebody to just listen to you vent? So there's that element, right? Mm-hmm. And then secondly, I'd say is music. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I you're, love that. You're a big one. Music's love big music. for you. Yeah. I have some thoughts, but I'd love to hear kind of how music impacts your grief and how you deal with it. I definitely go to music no matter what I'm feeling. If if I'm super excited, I just received some really good news. Mm -hmm. I'll probably be listening to hip hop and jamming out and windows down, wind in your hair, celebrating type thing. When I'm grieving, I typically... To, I want to sit in that grief mm-hmm. for some time and I want to feel heard. And so mm-hmm. I will find music. Not everybody works this way. Sometimes when mm-hmm. someone is grieving, they want something that will be uplifting. Yeah. Whereas for me, when I'm grieving, I want to feel seen and understood and like I'm not alone. And so I will go listen to music that relates to where I'm at. Mm. AKA sad music. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that's how that works for me when I'm grieving. I just really want, like, for example, NF, Mm -hmm. love listening to him when I'm hurting because he's so transparent and vulnerable and honest about where he's at. Love that. And I absolutely need that, especially in really hard times. There is actually this quote that I love by NF and it really describes how grief and like trauma and different things manifest, right? And so he goes, my mind is a house with walls covered in pain. See, my problem is I don't fix things. I just try to repaint Cover them up like it never happened. Say, I wish I could change. Are you confused? Come upstairs and I'll show you what I mean. This room full of regrets, it just keeps getting fuller, it seems. The moment I walk into, it's the same moment that I want to leave. I get sick to my stomach every time I look at these things. But it's hard to look past when this is the room where I sleep. That's so good. Yeah. Right? I love, love, love his music. Yeah. That's from Mansion, by the way. That's yep. that's his Mansion track from his first album. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I agree with you. Because NF just, like, speaks in a different way where you're understanding. Because he's, he has uh, clinical OCD and he has clinical depression, I believe. And so you just know that he gets it. Mm-hmm. And, and he's been through so much. And so you just know that he is understanding what's happening. And that's the biggest thing. What you mentioned earlier is knowing what core needs you have during a time of grief. Absolutely. How do you need to feel loved? How do you need to feel cared for? How mm-hmm. do you need to feel seen? Yep. And knowing what kind of music specifically is going to help you yeah it's just proven to boost your mood it's proven to make you sadder it's proven (laughs) to affect your emotions in all kinds of ways yeah so knowing what you need in that moment is super Mm -hmm. important yeah i so there's a there's a couple different songs that i was playing this 
past weekend. Um, one of them, let's see if I can find it. One of them, yeah, was uh, One Step by Jeremy Lister. Hmm. That was one. Another one was Just Be Held by Casting Crowns. And then one I just thought of but I didn't listen to is um, Unsteady by Ex Ambassadors. Oh, I don't know if I've heard that. Let me see, sing you a few bars because you (laughs) definitely have heard it where it's like, hold, hold on. Oh, yes. Hold on to me. Yep. Yeah. So that is literally that song. And then I played Lowe's by Quinn 92 because that just, yeah. Gets I was like, yeah, I was like, well, I kind of wanted an upbeat song, but still understood like the Lowe's mm-hmm. where it's like, he's talking about you can't have the sun without the moon and you can't have Lowe's if you, you can't not have Lowe's. Like you still, can't have highs without the Lowe's. Yes. Yes, exactly. Thank you. You're um, welcome. Yeah, I got exactly. you. I was like, how am I trying to say this? <laughs> <laughs> words, just words. <laughs> There's a really good album by Caleb LaDuke that I listen to when I'm really depressed. And it's called Fragile. And Yeah, that's the one you sent me yep. this uh, today. Today, yeah. yeah. I really want you to listen to it. My I will favorite definitely song give it. on it is Fragile. Yeah. And it's so good. He's so vulnerable and talking about you know, the really hard things and what he's going through. And mm-hmm. I relate so much to it when you're just in a fragile mm-hmm. state, you know? And so those are a couple songs that Josh and I both have for and albums that we'd both recommend yeah. when you're feeling sad. Absolutely. I think music just, it, it's different. Music is life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's just, it's a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, one of those things where music makes me feel like I can express emotions just by singing my lungs out. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other thing about it too, which I, I really appreciate. Another thing that I would suggest is writing, writing out how you're feeling or doing poetry. <sighs> I'm a big, um, big believer in spoken word poetry. So writing out exactly how you're feeling what you're going through yeah for those who don't know felicia is actually a spoken word artist so she has a bunch of stuff that she has either performed or just has in her phone yeah (laughs) i have literally over a hundred different wow spoken word poems wow we should we should we should put those out yeah Oh, that, that was a, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, but. <laughs> That's scary. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's but if anybody wants to see or hear Felicia's spoken word, give us a follow on Instagram and let us know or email us. us. Or yeah. email us. Yeah, because I want to hear all these and see all these, and I feel like. There's some intense stuff. (laughs) Oh, I I bet. But it'd be so helpful for people because I know the passion. I know the way that you write these. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, I feel like it'd be so life-giving, not only for you, but for other people. Definitely. So definitely, but we'll see because, (laughs) you know. No, I'd love that. (laughs) I'm, you're encouraging me to 
feel more excited about it. Ooh, we could record you doing your spoken words and like throw it out as like an album. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Executive producer, Josh Flanagan. <laughs> I'm down for that. <laughs> uh, we could actually do that. <laughs> Shmoney. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, come on. That's fun. Yeah. Um. No, I I agree with you. And I'll say our favorite voice memo. Yes. Voice memo. We always have to mention that. Yes. Gotta gotta mention the voice memo. Such a good way. Voice to memo process. is life. Yeah. <laughs> Do you watch Ted Lasso? No. There's a line in Ted Lasso that Danny, one of the character one of the soccer players, says. Mm -hmm. And he goes, Football is life. And <laughs> I think about that whenever we say music is life or <laughs> Voice memos are life. <laughs> Football is life. Um, have you have you seen Ryan Reynolds' Wrexham documentary? No. I feel like you'd enjoy that if you really like if you really like the quote "Football is life" because uh -huh. he bought a soccer or football team. Oh yes. And he did a documentary about the process of buying it and then the like running of it and all this stuff and so supposedly it's supposed to be like super super good yeah but it, didn't yeah. he buy it with someone else he's really it, famous few a few people okay because you know they only have so much money so they had to get like the big whale <laughs> be like sup bro yeah trying to spend uh hundreds of millions of dollars on this Jeez. Oh, so um i think honestly that's all i have mm-hmm I think I think that sums it up nice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, all those tangential points. <laughs> yeah, we had but, a couple tangents. Yeah, uh, DM us at the Life Unfiltered Pod on Instagram or email us at the Life Unfiltered Pod at gmail dot com. That will all be linked in the show notes. Tell us if you want to hear Felicia's spoken word oh, writings, mm -hmm. and I. I mean, it's poetry, yes, but I feel like it's more powerful than like your typical poetry. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to misspeak there, you know. Aww. But yeah, let us know if you're interested in hearing that. We can throw those out, maybe get those as either writings or recordings, or we'll we'll figure something we'll out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Felicia is a graphic designer, so I mean, and I record this, so I mean, like we're we got a dynamic duo right yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, if you are going through stuff, know that you're not alone. This week has, the end of this week has been really hard uh, for me in particular, just because it's a end of an error, <laughs> error, <laughs> where my brain is, yeah. <laughs> it's an error, okay, <laughs> um, an end of an era, and so it's going to be, it's going to be different, mm -hmm. right, and you know, hopefully a lot of great things will come out of this but it's not without pain yeah it's not without grief and so if you're going through that feel free to reach out love to chat with you share your stories with yeah us. yeah absolutely and i know that's a vulnerable thing but however we can be there we want to be there for you if you know anybody who is interested in podcasts like this feel free to share with a friend we're on all the platforms now. So you got Spotify, Apple Music, Audible and Amazon Music, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts. Thank you, Josh. Yes. For doing all of that. <laughs> yes. 
Christmas. <laughs> the apple one was the hardest so out of hard. all of them. Yeah. It was a hot mess. But uh, yeah, we're everywhere. So go ahead and follow us on those platforms and give us a review just so we can get up there in the charts a little bit. I uh, would love to see this kind of explode and just go places. But with that, you know, everybody want to just say stay messy and stay unfiltered. See you. Peace.